0: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic podcast, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence is expected to be the first pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. We take a look back on quarterback prospects from all levels and where they were selected in the draft. In story time with Uncle Mike, we examine three hall of fame quarterbacks that the pittsburgh steelers let get away here's a hint two of them were born and raised in pittsburgh
1: you're behind the mic on michael michael neil jr
0: all right let's go nfl historians this show isn't for you this is for those who don't know as much so we're here to enlighten. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm here also to learn the behind the mic podcast, Billy Up Sports, BillyUpSports.com. Visit us, brand new for website, Billy Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of that. Find me on social media. I'm mostly on Twitter and IG, the Facebook page. It's locked and loaded. Come visit me. Um, I'm here. Follow me. Listen. Subscribe. Like it. Please listen. Tell your friends. I'll say that for the end. All right. So we're getting right to it. You know, we've changed the show up. It's all focused all the time on the NFL and its history. That is my first love. And I have to go back to it. Um, So getting right to the show last week. We talked about the NFL draft and its origins, right? And how the NFL was not as popular as college football. And of course, at the time, the NFL was really struggling with that popularity. And a guy by the name of Burt Bell, who owned and ran the Philadelphia Eagles, he eventually became commissioner, NFL commissioner in 1946. He put the idea on the table saying, hey, why don't we have a draft where the worst teams like mine get the draft? First and the best teams draft last, and uh, with a little bit of reluctancy from some of the teams that were especially the Giants and Bears, George Halas, Tim Mara, um, they eventually said, Okay, we'll do this because we have to survive. The stars of college football were all drawn to the teams that were at the top, and most of those teams, again, they had the money they could get paid, and teams like the Eagles who struggled. And the best teams, the best players did not want to play for them, right? So that changed, and eventually we have the draft moving to where it is today. But the whole name of the game was Star Power. Star Power. You know these guys. You knew them because of the college football name that they had. And it's the exact same thing today. We look at college basketball as opposed to college football. Why is college basketball on the ride in that struggle bus? Why? Because we don't know those stars as well. Unless you're one of those college basketball nuts like my son that keep up. All right. Or or unless someone like Zion Williamson who jumps off your screen on YouTube and then literally jumps off your screen when you watch him play at Duke for the one year. So you do have great athletes that can come in with some um, with, with a little bit of sparkle, with a little bit of name already. But. College basketball isn't doing as well as it used to because there's no star power. They don't stay. They don't stay. It's like the person you invite over to the house and you never really get to know them. They only come over the one time. They eat dinner for you. I mean, with you that one time and then they're gone and you don't, never see them again. You might see them way down the road. Oh, hey, I remember you, you know, but by then it's too late. College football, they come and they sit and they stay a while. They spend the summer with you and then they keep coming back. They're the kid that comes and visits your house or maybe even comes and lives with you for, for a little while. You know, you, we get to know who they are. They stick around for at least three years, if not two. I would love to see the rule change to two. Just put it two years in college basketball or just let them go Anyway, this is NFL. But in 1925, like I said, you had George Hallis who started that star power by signing Red Grange literally right after his last game in Illinois. And that started to legitimize the league. And there you go. I got to talking about uh, last week, after I actually watched this this movie for the first time in a long time. If anyone hasn't seen the movie Leatherheads, it's back, what, 2008? Not that old. But it stars George Clooney, John Krasinski. If you don't know who John Krasinski is, if you're an Office fan, that's Jim, Jim Halpert. He he plays in Renee Zellweger. Um, Krasinski's character pretty much this whole story is loosely based on the fact you know what happened with Red Grange who was the college football star of the 20s um, signing with the NFL and pretty much legitimizing the league though it wasn't there yet the league really didn't get popular till the 50s and uh, there's a whole lot we'll get to in other shows but we're focusing on the draft right now but it was the loosely built on the story of Red Grange and that star power still is there today. Who's the star that's coming in or the stars that are coming in now in college football? Well, right now, it's all about Trevor Lawrence and several others. You have Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman at Alabama, um, and, and Pinay Sewell, who was the offensive tackle who actually opted out of the season for um, the Oregon Ducks. Still supposed to be a top draft pick and many, many more. We know these guys when they come in and Trevor Lawrence plays the position that is most important in all of sports, the quarterback position. The NFL was built on stars and within that star system, you have can't miss prospects. Trevor Lawrence was one of those guys coming out of high school in Georgia, Georgia. He was, he went to uh, Cartersville in Georgia he was one of those guys that was pretty much in the same line. Let's just say of John Elway or Andrew luck who were supposed to be Kent miss prospects. Now had luck continued to play and he didn't have to keep playing. He retired early. Maybe had they drafted some of those linemen before he got all beat up, then maybe he would still be there today. And I think I believe within my heart that he would be heading for the hall of fame. Luck was that good. Um, can't miss Prospects, Tiger Woods, 11 years old. He had a, 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 an agent at 11. LeBron James, I still remember seeing a small box in Slam magazine when I first saw him, um, when I'm standing in Kroger's, wasn't going to buy the book, and I saw him um, thumbing through it after I looked at the centerfold, uh, someone getting dunked on as usual. He um, was talking about how this sophomore was going to be great. And they were right. He's a can't-miss guy. I actually, I mean, after anybody, but for me, I watched him play on ESPN. The name was out there, LeBron James. You knew who who he was. His high school games were being put on national television. And he was going straight from the high school ranks to the NBA and was the first pick of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the rest, as they say, is history. But this kid was truly, you know, that great. And he was one of those players. He is one of those players, much like a Steph Curry. I'm surprised if LeBron has a bad game. I'm surprised when Steph Curry misses a three. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. I was surprised if he threw an interception or made some kind of mistake because when he let the ball go, if you were rooting against him, you just threw your hands up in the air because it was either going to be a touchdown or first down, right? And he's that kind of player. Now everybody gets to select that player. Now, whether... If the Jaguars do not select him with the first pick, the whole team, everybody should be fired. Urban Meyer, uh, um, Khan needs to sell the team. There should be no more Jaguars, okay, if they select somebody else. Just blow the whole stadium up. But um, they're going to pick him. I mean, if, if I mean, they, they have to pick him. It, there's no question about it. But not everybody goes that route. They don't ever always get that quarterback. History tells you that. I mean, Russell Wilson was selected in the third round because why his size, although Drew Brees was supposed to be a first round pick because he was 5'11, 6 feet coming out of Purdue. He fell to the second round, although he was the first pick of the second round. Still great. Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one. Not every quarterback goes that route. And that's what we're here to discuss today. It is the quarterback draft history, the, the prospects. And there are five main ones that we talk about. Um, I'm not really going to talk about these guys in depth. We'll get into them just a little bit. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones are the other four guys who are supposed to be selected in the first round. We don't know exactly where these guys are going to land or when they're going to land there. People lie in the draft, and they deceive, and they connive, and then ultimately someone either does something stupid or they actually pick the guy that you said they were going to pick all along. Go figure. Trevor Lawrence, he proved to be the truth. He proved to be the best quarterback. I would say in college football to me from his freshman year to his junior year, the end of his junior year, he was the bread. he never won the Heisman, but he was definitely the best quarterback. I understand Joe Burrow had an awesome season. Sorry, Joe Burrow is not better, in my opinion, than Trevor Lawrence. So, um, Trevor Lawrence, if you look at his, just just by the numbers, four games into his freshman year, Kenny, uh, excuse me, Kerry O'Brien, who consequently took the Clemson Tigers to the uh, college football playoff the year before, although they got their breaks beat off by Alabama, They were going back and forth, and eventually, Dabo Sweeney gave Lawrence the job. You know that that was going to happen. A couple months later, national championship. This kid led this team to an ACC, as an ACC champ, three years straight. He was a Heisman runner-up in 2020. Two-time first-team All-ACC, third-team All-American. And keep this in mind, last year, you do know he was out because of COVID for like, what, two games, almost three. And, you know, the train's going to keep running at Clemson. DJ Uyagalele, if you don't know him, yeah, you know, just remember he is going to be the next quarterback there. And even Lawrence said himself, he's probably better than I am, or at least a better arm. Time will tell. Uh, 34-2 and as a starter. Threw forward 10,000 yards in three years. 66%. 90 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. And if you're the quarterback reigning, Rating, 164 was his QB rating. Oh, and by the way, he had 18 rushing touchdowns. But not every quarterback coming out has those kind of numbers. Not everybody. I looked at the Hall of Fame quarterbacks by round. And to be fair, we have to understand that, you know, even with some of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, contrary to popular belief, not every player is drafted in the first round that ends up being great. We know that. OK, and the draft, as we know it today, there were plenty of quarterbacks even now, even and even more then that were drafted way past the first two or even three rounds. Some of them landed within the first three rounds. But here we go. We're going to look at a couple. If I'm looking just at the Hall of Fame quarterbacks alone in the first round, the Jets, they ended up with Joe Namath. Joe Namath was in the first round. These are first round quarterbacks. Bradshaw went number one in 1970. Elway went number one in 1983. Marino failed to 27, but still first round, no less. Jim Kelly in that same draft. Steve Young in 84 was drafted number one in um, in the supplemental draft. And Troy Eggman back in, what, 1989. Those are first round quarterbacks. Second rounders, you have guys like Stabler and Brett Favre. Third round, you have guys like Fran Tarkenton, Dan Fouts, and of course, Joe Montana. Johnny Unitas, ninth round pick coming out of Louisville. Tenth round, Roger Staubach, Mr. Naval Academy himself. In the 17th round, yes, we have, what, seven rounds now? It used to be as many as 10, 12, 14. Take it to even more than that. It was 20 at one point and even up to 30 in the 40s because the draft depleted a lot of uh, players because, of world world war two. So they had to have some, some room here say, okay, if this guy's not available, well, we got the next guy after that. So they had to fill the rosters. Um, and then you have free agents like Warren moon and Kurt Warner. We know the story about Kurt Warner, hall of famer, bagging groceries, playing in the uh, arena league and then winning super bowls and taking his teams to two other super bowls. So, Or a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. (laughs) Let me make sure I'm correct. So, I mean, then you got guys that are Hall of Famers to be. Peyton Manning is going in after coming out of Tennessee. He was drafted at the top, right? Big, big drop off after him, right? (laughs) Tom Brady, we know his story. Sixth round. Out of Michigan. I already told you about Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers will be a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's, I mean, it's... It's written in the stars. It's there. He was drafted late in the first. He got passed over. And then you got those that were just a bit outside. Andrew Luck, Randall Cunningham. Anybody remember Randall Cunningham or Randall Runningham was one of my best friends used to call him. Philadelphia Eagles, you know, one of those quarterbacks that could kill you with his legs as well as with his arm. And even was still doing it going near 40. Uh, Phil Simms he won two Super Bowls even though he didn't technically take a snap I uh, think what in the playoffs that last year that they won it in 1990 when they stopped the 49ers my then 49ers from three-peating uh, with Phil Simms he was very underrated he was a 4,000 yard guy uh, yet he threw his share of interceptions. But he was a good quarterback. I think he personally should be in the Hall of Fame. But then there's one that probably shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame that people have called for to be in the Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett. He was a number one draft choice. He just missed the cut, really. You know. But here's the thing. He wasn't, in my mind, that close. He just happened to have – just imagine Eli Manning without the Pro Bowls. That was Jim Plunkett. And, you know, without without – I mean, you won two Super Bowls. And you did get one MVP, and he led the Oakland Raiders back in 1980 to be the first wild card team to ever win a Super Bowl. So guys like Jim Plunkett, good or well, he was decent. And he was more of those. I hate using what field general or what whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I forget the. I, I I don't like the term. That's probably why I can't think of it but one of those quarterbacks that's better off handing off and throwing for a couple first downs. Well, I mean, he did his job, and he stayed away. But career-wise, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Well, Joe Namath did too. Well, Joe Namath did have a Super Bowl, and he was more famous and wore a big old fur coat. Go figure. And then you had the quarterbacks that stunk. Right after Peyton Manning in that faithful draft, (laughs) Um, Ryan Leaf was selected. You're going to have those kind of quarterbacks as well. They're way up there in talent, and they're expected to do great things. And we'll we'll do the This Week in NFL History. I just posted about Charles Woodson, and I got a picture on IG um, that was a great picture of him leaping, making a pick um, in, the, uh, in the end zone against Washington State, that Ryan Leaf team that they beat, Michigan beat in the Rose Bowl, by the way. Uh, I mean, Ryan Leaf just fell apart mentally and I'm, I'm praying that the kid is, well, he's not a kid anymore, but I'm praying that the guy's doing a lot better than he was. So he he came out of a bad place and the last I've seen, I haven't kept up with the guy, but he went back into the bad place. So you know, where he's doing right now, I don't know. I'm hoping everything is better, but as far as on the field, it eh, wasn't great. He didn't handle it right, and he said so himself. Jamarcus Russell, same thing. And you get the guys that get that last push there towards the end. You know, they have those last great couple of games in college, and all of a sudden, bam, oh, this guy is great, much like college basketball. Some of these guys don't get drafted so much because they're uh, a European sensation, or they're the number one or number two guy coming out of high school, some guys get that final push during the NCAA tournament because that's when everybody's watching. And it's like, oh, let's pick this kid because he knocked down nine threes in that first game even though they lost. So you get the same thing, the same effect in professional football. Quarterbacks, they can come from anywhere. They can come from literally anywhere, and you have no idea, no idea what, they'll end up doing once they get in there i always say look wait till they get between the grass and look we'll stay on this but sometimes you have to take a little bit of evaluation of the way that they came or where they came from but again you have no idea sometimes i think that these gyms and such they overthink things but then too they are getting paid a little you know a little bit of money to make these decisions to actually select these players but go figure but sometimes there are some quarterbacks that could be surrounded by too much talent and those that aren't surrounded by enough and sometimes maybe that could be a good thing maybe lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: lucky it's working in a career that serves the greater good. That's what being a Marquette nurse is all about. So if you're ready to make a difference, our direct entry Master of Science and Nursing program in Milwaukee or Pleasant Prairie can prepare you to be the difference in less than 21 months. And you don't need nursing experience to apply, just a non-nursing bachelor's degree. Search Marquette Direct Entry MSN to get started.
0: So there are times um, you're listening to the radio, you're watching ESPN or Fox or whatever, and you always have um, the Mel Kuipers of the world or Charlie Cashley's of the world or Todd McShay's of the world, whoever the draft people are, Bucky Brooks, and a lot of them, they are all good. But there's a common theme that there are a lot that comes to the forefront, that rises to the top, and we always see it. There are some guys that are surrounded by too much talent. And I'm going to give credit where it's due. I honestly learned a lot of this stuff by start and I started paying attention to it. I'm an avid Colin Cowherd listening. Okay, whether you like him or not, I think that he can be really smart. I don't take everything he says to heart. You have to treat it like a salad bar. Take what you want and then leave the rest. It just all depends. But um one thing he said is that, you know, you have quarterbacks that come from. Let's just call it chaos. And those guys seem to thrive even more in chaos. And then you got quarterbacks that were surrounded almost like, you know, the the rich kid. They got everything that they wanted. They got to eat where they wanted and drive around and everything that they wanted. And they got what they wanted for Christmas and year round all the time. And then when they have to be forced out into the world to do and think for themselves, they almost can't do it. And so I just put it in my own words. But that's pretty much the way um he has said it in the past and if you look at these quarterbacks that i just read you in the first round uh or i mean in in the hall of fame just the hall of fame okay so you had Namath, bradshaw for instance Namath, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns and he was the number one guy coming out and had all the talent in the world same thing with bradshaw bradshaw stunk for the first five years of his career and Namath, same thing. He threw a lot of interceptions. Even the year that they beat the Colts in Super Bowl three, if you go back and watch any of that stuff, he was throwing four, five interceptions in games. Bradshaw, I mean, he didn't secure the bag, he didn't secure the job until what midway through the seventy four season, and even then they had to figure out ways to win in route to their first championship in pittsburgh in 74 marino he was supposed to be the second quarterback selected and fell all the way to 27th thank god he fell to the miami dolphins and don shula you fell to a good coach that knew what to do with you jim kelly took a sabbatical said i don't want to play for the bills he came back even though um he i mean he did not want to play for them he came back and had a hall of fame career steve young had to sit behind joe montana for years before he got his shot and became a Hall of Famer. Joe Montana was a third-round pick. He didn't start right off the off the rip. No, 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 no. Brett Favre was selected in the second round by the Falcons, who traded him away to Green Bay. And he ended up taking over for Don Majowski, and the rest is history. Johnny Unitas was selected in the ninth round by a team I will talk about later. Hmm. But keep this in mind, Unitas was 145 pounds coming out of high school. By the end of his career in the NFL, he was the greatest quarterback of all time when he retired, what, 73, 74, and was in the Hall of Fame by 79. He, they came from chaos. They came from having to actually work for it. Stahlbach, he was in the Navy. and you know, He was going to be pretty decent. Barstar, he was selected in the 17th round. He was not the first pick, and he was the quarterback of several Packer championship teams. In one stretch, they won three titles in a row, including the first two Super Bowls. Warren Moon, black quarterback. They did not want black quarterbacks back then. Let's just say it like it was. And he went, what, to the Canadian League or whatnot, and eventually came uh, back home and played with the Houston Oilers. Never won a championship, but they always had a good team. And he was one of the greatest quarterbacks forever, even up until the age of 41. Brady was not the first guy to play very well all the way into his 40s. And the dude from all reports was ripped and sliced. For everybody that likes to talk bad about Tony Romo, Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. And we belittle players who do well in the NFL. He was an undrafted free agent and was an, a Pro Bowl-level quarterback in the National Football League. Say what you want to. The dude was successful. And now look at him, bank, as an announcer now, and being one of the best out there, period. And yeah, maybe that is my opinion, but uh, I think there's plenty of people that turn on the television on Sundays to watch the games. Uh, I, I, I like him. And I know there's plenty of other people that like him. Well, what about this year's crop? So you have guys that just come from all over the place. And you will not know until they actually get between the grass. Period. We won't know. And it also depends on what team they land on too. If you go back and you look at all these quarterbacks, they also happen to have Hall of Fame coaches. Let me run through them real quick, just right off the top of my head. Joe Namath had Weeb Eubank. Terry Bradshaw had Chuck Knoll. Now, John Elway... He had Mike Shanahan near the end, who was an offensive genius. You probably know his son, Kyle. And then, before that, Dan Reeves, who played on championship teams and Super Bowl competitive teams for the Cowboys back in the day as a backup running back. Huh. Learn from the best, right? Jim Kelly had Marv Levy. Steve Young, He later on, he had George Seifert. But before that, he had... Bill Walsh, one of my favorite coaches of all time. I used to be a 49ers fan. And then Troy Aikman, we know who he had. He had Jimmy Johnson, who finally got into the hall. So, you know, and you keep going down the line. Uh, John Madden with, with Stabler. Uh, Brett Favre had a pretty good quarterback coach in Mike, uh, coaching Mike Holmgren. Fran Tarkenton, he had, um, oh, God, what what's my man's name? Bud Grant. He had Bud Grant. Of course, you got Montana, Eric Coryell, Dan Fouts. It works together. Tom Landry had Starbuck, Starr had Vince Lombardi, the man whose name is on the trophy. So they had some respectable coaches and quarterbacks. And speaking of Johnny Unitas, Unitas had Weeb Eubank while he was still the coach of the Baltimore Colts when they won those championships. Weeb um, had a couple of losing seasons in the early 60s, and they – gave him the boot. He ended up with the Jets. And who did Weeb Bank beat in Super Bowl three? The Baltimore Colts. So, I mean, it, it all depends on where these guys land. It depends on where they land. Um, look at the list of the, of the this year's crop. Trevor Lawrence, we know his story. Justin Fields, he's a friend of Trevor Lawrence. Fields knows a little bit about trouble. Justin Fields was at Georgia. Jake Fromm was not giving that job up he was not he was a top quarterback coming out himself he ends up transform transferring to ohio state didn't want to go but it was the best thing that happened to him end up being one of the best quarterbacks that ohio state ever had zach wilson what three a three star quarterback not a lot of offers had a pretty good you know uh season last year and he was decent You know, the year before that, but I mean, was BYU in the schedule? But you never know. Look at Josh Allen. Everybody was on Josh Allen for good reason. Josh Allen did the right thing, keep improving. And I've never seen a guy turn around his career like that. Never. I can't can't call anybody. He stunk as a quarterback. And then all of a sudden in one year, he turns into a pro bowler. Now, I don't think he's going to go backwards personally. And it does help when you bring in... Stefan Diggs but he has to be able to throw the football with some kind of accuracy and he's done that and then there's Trey Lance now Trey Lance he's somewhat of an enigma um he's so talented but like he played a one game season I guess just to showcase things and it, and it wasn't great one game but it was just one game he has a total of what 17 games up under his belt I personally like a lot of other people I see Mitchell Trubisky Chibisky only played 13 games and couldn't win the starting job over the quarterback before him at North Carolina. Now he's already on his second team. Then there's Mark Sanchez. Pete Carroll said he's not ready. Well, he went to what? Some uh, AFC championship games, but that was based more so on the defense than the offense, but he did good enough. Um, But uh, you probably needed a better coach To uh, and, and I love um Coach Ryan, but maybe if you draft a little more offensive players and stop loading your defense up maybe that'll help anyway Dwayne Haskins 50 touchdowns his only season in Ohio State he's already on his second team because he couldn't do things in the classroom could there be another Ryan Leaf could there be another Johnny Unitas I don't know could there be a first rounder top pick like a John Elway or could there be a free agent with some of these other quarterbacks that's not even being named like a uh, I don't know, Jamie Newman or Kellen Mond from Texas A&M or Ian Book from Notre Dame. I, we don't know. Trey Lance didn't play a, whole lot, of play, a lot of games. You no, know, Cam Newton, he only played 14 with Auburn. Well, there's a difference between a guy who won the Heisman National Championship, was the first pick in the NFL draft, not to mention an MVP in the NFL, and has a Super Bowl appearance. Trubisky, just like my cooking at times, just needed a little bit more seasoning. And then there's Mac Jones. Mac Jones, he's the one that we're talking about now that's just surrounded by all this talent. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, uh, and, and you know, you got all the Mitchie, all of these running backs. And that's part of the problem, I think, sometimes with the quarterbacks coming out of college. I looked back at a couple of examples. Could he be good if he lands with a good team? Yeah. But if he lands with a bad team, I don't know. It all depends on where they land. But sometimes when they come out of college, you have to take that into account. Now, I'm not trying to deviate from the NFL history, but you have to look at a little bit of college football to see the history. Heath Schuler, for instance, I'm a UT fan through and through. Loved the football. Grew up on it. Heath Schuler was the greatest quarterback this side of Peyton Manning that I have ever seen. Athletic and could throw the football all over the field. He had a lot of NFL players around him. He was a third overall pick in 94. Didn't work out. Danny Werfel, he was a fourth-round pick. He won the Heisman for Florida. He's throwing to guys like Reedale Anthony and Ike Hilliard, Jacquez Green. They had a really good offense. Didn't work out. And then there's guys that max it out, or, you know, along with like Rex Grossman, who also came out of Florida because Steve Spurry was stockpiling NFL talent, offense and defense. I'm not talking about just on offense, but when I look at Vince Young, I went back and looked at the rosters, whether they were freshmen or whether they were upperclassmen. Vince Young, for instance, he had 22 eventual NFL players on there on that roster when they won the national championship in 05. Matt Leiner on the other side, he had 28 I'm not just talking about Reggie Bush or Lindell White, Darnell Bean. I'm talking about all the other guys, too, the Dwayne Jarrett and the Steve Smiths of the world. They were surrounded by so much talent. Sometimes I think it it, it can hurt and you would think that it would help because it's like, okay, I'm going to be surrounded by even better talent in the league. Not so. You probably don't have the same level of talent. That has been proven. This is a different game. College is college. And pros is pros. If we want to leave that in the end. You think about where they were ranked coming out of high school and their stories. You got guys that were undrafted. I don't care what position that they played. And guys that were drafted number one overall. Orlando Pace this year. uh, As of yesterday, he was the top pick in the NFL draft and ended up having a Hall of Fame career. The Mr. Pancake himself. And then you have other guys. You know, they're, they're not, they weren't as heralded or they got to the league, you know, a little more difficult, like Randy Moss. Randy Moss was a great receiver. Besides Jerry Rice, Randy Moss was my favorite player ever in league history for me because I played receiver and those are the guys that I looked at the most. And Randy, you know, he got into that trouble that he did. Um, Could have been at Florida State or Notre Dame. He had to settle for Marshall back home. And he ripped it up in college football. He ripped it up in the NFL and had to turn things around because he got a little beside himself. He'll tell you that himself to this day. And when he ended up back with the Patriots, things leveled out. And people forget about those years he played with the Titans and the 49ers. And remember, he did make another Super Bowl with those 49ers when they played the Ravens when the lights went out in New Orleans. But you never know where these quarterbacks could come from. And conversely, Coming up next, I got a story. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if you already know this stuff, okay, fine. But this is for those who don't know as much. That's why you come to learn. I'm learning as well. I got so many books and things that I've read over the years and even reading now. And so many things I've watched. Some stuff, you don't catch everything. And there are three Hall of Fame quarterbacks that the Pittsburgh Steelers missed out on and I'll say it again two of them were born and raised right in their backyard
1: Here
0: All right, welcome back. We're about to sew this show up. Um, let's go with this week in NFL history. All right, so I'll go through this as quickly as possible. This week, plenty of Hall of Famers were drafted. This is around draft time. That's the focus, right? The Chiefs selected Hall of Fame tight end Tony Gonzalez in the 97 NFL draft. He ended up uh, having the third most receptions. Uh, the most by the tight end in NFL history with thir- over 1,300 receiving yards over his 15,000 uh, receiving yards was sixth most in NFL history, the most by the tight end. And his 111 receiving touchdowns, eighth most in NFL history, second most by a tight end. He played with the Chiefs and the Falcons. Again, the Orlando, well, the Orlando, the uh, then St. Louis Rams selected Hall of Fame tackle Orlando Pace First overall in that same draft. They traded up uh, with the Jets two days prior to snatch the seven time Pro Bowler, the three time first team All Pro and Super Bowl champion. Um, come, and what, today? Today is Tuesday. The, the show drops on Wednesday. Today, as of today, the Panthers selected defensive end Julius Pepper's second overall in 2002. He was the rookie of the year in a nine time Pro Bowl selection. Also, the Falcons acquired first overall pick. Mike, well, the first overall pick in the 01 draft to pick Mike Vick or an O to my boy pig. Michael Victory is what he one of my buddies used to always call. Um, yeah, that was that was that was pretty good uh, for them. GM Charlie Cashley made David Carr, quarterback, the first draft pick in. Houston Texans history. The first overall pick in 2 He was sacked the NFL record 76 times his rookie season. I'll keep moving from there. Um, The Chargers selected Hall of Fame running back LaDainian Tomlinson. Fifth fifth overall. It was great to watch. Ah, that guy. 2006 AP NFL MVP. He set then NFL single season rushing touchdown uh, records and scrimmage touchdowns with 31 I uh, they think they're still records today uh, the second most rush touchdowns and uh, with 145 and third most scrimmage touchdowns 162 in history of the league in the history of the league and like I said in 2001 that next day the uh, Falcons selected Michael Vick first overall in the NFL draft uh, four time Pro Bowl selection and he then, until Lamar Jackson came along in 2019, he set the quarterback rush yards record with over 1,039 yards in 2006. The Chargers selected Drew Brees, 32nd overall. He was the first pick of the second round in the 2001 draft. You know, he's going to the hall. Uh, he earned 13 Pro Bowl selections, uh, played five years with the Chargers before. His last 15 with the Saints, we know he finished his career with over 80,000 passing yards, most in NFL history. I think Brady's going to end up breaking that eventually. And uh, his 571 touchdown passes, second most in history. He was a Super Bowl champion as well. Uh, Also, Cowboys, they selected Hall of Fame running back Emmitt Smith. That's the kind of career you would love to have. He was, uh, what, top Recruit in high school, top running back in college, and an NFL Hall of Famer, top running back in the NFL. That's a great career. I wonder what he did in pee wee league. Anyway, the Cowboys traded up from the twenty-first pick all the way up to seventeen with the Steelers to select him, and he's the all-time leading rusher, three-time Super Bowl champion, and the an MVP in '93. How about that? Warren Sapp was selected by the buccaneers in the 95 draft 12th overall uh super bowl champion with the bucks 96 and a half career sacks most in franchise history moving on hall of fame linebacker junior say was selected in that 1990 draft 12 consecutive pro bowls how about that and for me sorry emmett the greatest well excuse me the greatest running back in the history of the league in my opinion Barry Sanders was selected third overall in the 89 NFL Draft. 97 co-MVP with Brett Favre, and he rushed for 1,000 yards in all of his, all 10 of his NFL seasons, and led the NFL in rushing four times. 10 Pro Bowls, six-time first-team All-Pros, and he said, I'm through playing. The the Lions just took all the good out of him. (laughs) Uh, Also, the Rams traded three picks to land Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson, who set the rush yard season record uh, with 2,105 in his second season. And also, the Packers selected Aaron Rodgers, 24th overall in the 05 draft. Man, there's so many. I'm not going to be able to get to them all. Uh, This Chiefs selected Hall of Fame linebacker, one of the best I've ever seen do with this side of Lawrence Taylor. Derek Thomas, the Chiefs selected him in the 89 draft. The Falcons pick, Hall of Famer, best defensive back ever, Deion Prime, Tom Sanders, fifth overall in the 89 draft. Um, DeMarcus Rare was selected in the 05 draft, led the NFL in sacks in 2008 with 20. Uh, he's, he's on his way to the Hall. I truly, truly believe that. It's loaded this week. It really is. Also, the Giants acquired the rights to draft Eli Manning in exchange, basically, for Phillip Rivers' with the Chargers uh, and Giants making that move. Manning, a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Rivers, an eight-time Pro Bowl selection. He just retired. He's He might be in the Hall of Fame along with Manning. We'll see. And the Steelers in 04 drafted Big Ben. Oh, can't forget this one. Dallas Cowboys, one of my favorite receivers ever to watch. Hall of Fame wide receiver Michael Dirty Irvin was selected 11th overall in the 88 draft. Five time Pro Bowl selection led the NFL in 91 with receiver in receiving yards. Three time Super Bowl champ in 12 years. How about that? Marshall Falk was selected by the Colts in the 94 draft. Willie McGinnis was selected fourth overall in that same draft. Man, it's just loaded. Just loaded. Hey, look, stay tuned for all the posts on IG and on Facebook of this week in NFL history I have to get to my story so y'all know what time it is it's story time with Uncle Mike get your blankets kids get your pillows fluff them okay so I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and like I said this whole show today has been dedicated to uh quarterbacks in the draft and they basically can come from anywhere and you don't know you're gonna miss on some you're gonna miss on some players one i didn't know about as a steelers fan and one i've forgotten about and the last one i can't forget so let's get to it so the first quarterback hall of famer all three of these guys were hall of famers born in pittsburgh pennsylvania in 19 He was selected in the ninth round of the 1955 NFL Draft out of Louisville. Johnny Unitas. I, I I don't understand it, but except for this one thing that made more sense. I said it earlier in the show. The guy was 145 pounds coming out of high school. I think he wanted to go to Notre Dame. Ended up at Louisville. He played on some bad Louisville teams. So it wasn't a high, you know, he wasn't a high draft prospect. He was selected by the Steelers and he ended up, you know, playing some semi pro for $6 a game before Weeb Eubank signed him in 1956. $17,000 was the number, I believe. He had to make the team, though. And he was primarily going to be a backup. So their starting quarterback, I still didn't catch his name, went down. Really doesn't matter. And the rest is history. Now, here's the crazy part. And this is in the fourth game. He threw a pick six on his first pass. But after that, after 18 years in the league, he ended up retiring as the greatest quarterback of all time. At the beginning of the 70s. He throws for over 40,000 yards, 290 touchdowns. 10 Pro Bowls. He's a three time MVP, three NFL titles, and a Super Bowl title, which he didn't even finish in that game. It was towards the end of his career. But no long, uh, nevertheless, he won a Super Bowl and uh, Hall of Famer in 1979. How about that? That's one I often forget about. This one I didn't know about. Lynn Dawson of the Kansas City Chiefs didn't know about this. He was drafted in the first round out of Purdue. He was the 5th pick overall by Pittsburgh in 1957. And eventually after playing what uh 3 years and only throwing 17 passes and then throwing uh, uh playing 2 years with Cleveland, he ends up with the Dallas Texans who end up being after 62 in the AFL the Kansas City Chiefs in 63. 19 years his Hall of Fame career consisted of passing records for the team which Mahomes probably going to going to break. But for him to do it like he did it at the time that he did it, it was great. He was a Hall of Fame quarterback. All the AFL in 62 and 66. And I think he was like the MVP of the league that same year. Seven-time Pro Bowler and he won a Super Bowl. He lost to the Packers in the first game. But in the fourth game, they beat, it was the last AFL-NFL championship before it was officially called, you know, well, officially merged in 1970. The 69 team won their last Super Bowl before Patrick Mahomes and them boys did it, what, a year ago, uh, two years ago. So that's great. The last one, I just cannot forget. But this one, I have to have a little bit. Uh, I got to keep an open mind, but it still just uh, ticks me off to no end. Dan Marino of the Miami Dolphins. The 1983 draft, the greatest draft I believe, in the history of the NFL. Very interesting, so interesting. And I say it time and again, I don't care that if you go and you watch the ESPN 30 for 30, Elway to Marino, that'll tell you all you need to know. This is how I learned this in the first place when I watched this when it first came out years ago. So Dan Marino, we know him retiring as the most prolific passer in the history of the NFL. Hall of Fame inductee in 2005. Retired with the most yards, attempts, completions, and touchdowns. He was the greatest quarterback as far as a passer of all time. He was drafted in the first round in 1983. But keep this in mind, there were five other, excuse me, excuse me, yes, five other quarterbacks that were selected in front of him. Okay. Ty Blackledge of the Chiefs didn't last long. Jim Kelly, again, he didn't want to play for the Bills, came back two years later because they still had his rights after he played. I think it was for the uh, the L.A. Generals or whatever it was in the USFL. Um, Tony Eason of the Patriots, even though he was a quarterback that upset the Marino Dolphins in the 85 season, they got the brakes beat off of him in the Super Bowl. He just didn't last, was not built for the NFL, and was not that great. And then there's Ken O'Brien, who actually had like a game or two As far as the record, head-to-head record with Marino, um, he had a pretty decent career with the New York Jets. But all these guys, including, of course, the number one overall pick, my man John Elway, was the first pick of the draft and got traded from the Baltimore Colts, of course, to the Denver Broncos. Marino was supposed to be the second guy off the board. But because of some rumors of him um, taking part in certain substances, In college, which it turned out to not be true as far as I know. Some other people may know otherwise. But he did have a season that he fell off. His senior season, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Mm, Go figure. And he dropped in the draft. He dropped in the draft. But at pick number 21, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a 14-year veteran in Terry Bradshaw who was the first pick of the draft in 1970. They needed a quarterback. Dan Marino, like Johnny Unitas, was from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And apparently the Rooney said to Dan, hey, look, it might be better off if you go play somewhere else and get basically, you know, go out of town. It's like going away to college, you know. Get out from up under your parents or whatever. And, you know, we're gonna we're probably going to go in a different direction. Plus, Chuck Noll wanted to select a defensive uh, cornerstone like he did back in 69 when he took over as coach of the Steelers. He drafted Mean Joe Green then, which was the cornerstone of those Hall of Fame dynasty 70s teams. He selected Gabriel Rivera. And for those who do not know the story, Gabriel Rivera was a pretty good nose tackle out of Texas Tech. The guy was called Senior Sack. Um, pretty quick guy for for a man his age. I think he was like, what, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Fortunately, he passed away back in 2018 Um, but, uh, he's inducted into the Texas tech, uh, ring of honor. And, you know, he was pretty good. They selected him instead of Dan Marino. What's ironic. Um, and like Tom Selleck who narrated, said it very, very beautifully. Well, after the draft, now you have to pay the Piper for your selections. Basically. Well, Gabriel, uh, Gabe Rivera six games into his career, after practice, went drinking at a bar, and then was was drunk, and went flying down the ho- the highway, crossed over uh, the, media, the the middle of the road, hit another car, and was thrown out of the back of his car, paralyzed from the waist down. Six games and two sacks into his NFL career. He was done. Wheelchair for life. Then, Terry Brashaw first game of the season, tears a Uh, a tendon in his elbow and he's done for his career. His career was over after that. They could have had Dan Marino standing right there on the sideline. Now, yes, did they have another quarterback eventually? I think you had David... uh, Don't say David Woodley. I think it was uh, Mark Malone. You know, They went to the playoffs and stuff, but they never repeated any of the stuff that they did in the 70s and they never would recapture it. But it just goes to show you what you could be missing out on. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, Uh, but you don't know you have no idea you 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 select the people you do all these evaluations and you measure them and you ask them crazy questions and you throw the uh these tests at them and you make them jump real high and and run real fast and you pick them and either they get hurt or they work out or they 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 are terrible in the combine and then they still are better than the guy that you you know what i mean so you have no idea these quarterbacks can come from anywhere And this story right here just proves it, and it it, it can make or break uh, your team. Now, to be fair, Marino, as great as he was, he only went to one Super Bowl, and that was his second year in the league. Yes, he was the greatest passer of all time. Did he go back to the playoffs several times? Yes, and I think he, he went back to AFC championships. Yeah, but they never did. Get back to the 84 season, which he threw for over 5,084 yards and 48 touchdowns. You know, doing stuff that they're doing on a regular today. Back then, he was doing it already. But, hey, that's what it is. Um, Look, I hope you enjoyed it. That's it. Behind the Mic Podcast. Focus on NFL history. Again, you can catch us on Spreaker, the Apple Podcast. You know where they are. Apple Podcast. Google Podcast iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, all of these places you can catch. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, or I'll find your house. You better listen, like, subscribe. I'm out.